Chuck Freeby and Angelo DiCarlo as we get ready for Focus on Faith with one of our local favorites. Former Notre Dame and Penn High center Braxton Cave, let me ask you a quick question, Chuck. You remember a more dominating offensive lineman in high school than Braxton Cave? Honestly, the only one that came close was a former Penn player by the name of Mike Rosenthal. That's a good one. Another And a, another former Notre Dame player as well. Uh, but he was absolutely stud for Corey Yeoman and the Kingsman back in the day. Of course, fifth-year starting center on the 2012 Notre Dame team that played for the national championship. He's now married and the father of three. His faith has always been important to him. His parents were actually original members of Granger Community Church. Notre Dame often talks about four for 40. Well, a four-year decision to go to Notre Dame, and you'll be set up for the next 40 years of your life. Braxton Cave deserves a spot on the four for 40 poster, as he's now a senior vice president in the RV industry at Lippert. This is a great conversation about faith, family, football, and life after football, and someone we've seen grow up in front of our eyes, and now he is all grown up. Here's Focus on Faith with Braxton Cave. Let's just start with a life update. Three kids, senior vice president now at Lippert. How busy is life these days for Braxton Cave? Life is busy, um, but... You know, thank goodness I got a great wife that carries a lot of that burden, you know, with the kids, with me being gone majority of the day. And um, but it's awesome. I mean, my daughter is six and first grade at Trinity Lutheran. My middle, he is at the ELC at Hubbard Hill. And then he's four and then uh, almost two year old at home with mom all day. So she's finding unique ways to keep him busy. Uh, we we put a pool in over the summer, so that helped <laughs> tremendously. Things are busy, but it's good. I mean, I, I can't complain in, in any way, shape, or form. How much did playing major college football prepare you for life now? Not only as a dad, but you've risen in the ranks at Lippert real quick, and you're overseeing now thousands of people as a senior vice president. The biggest things were just the team-building aspect, and, um, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people, putting people in the right positions, right seat on the bus, no different than what you do through training camp and practice and depth charts. And it all, you know, crosses over into the business world. It's, you know, you got to find the right fit to get the job done. And it's no different here than in sports. Why was this the right fit? I, I remember you telling me didn't necessarily want to get into the RV business and here you are thriving in it. How did what made this the right fit for you? Well, going back, you know, I had a, a few different opportunities when I stepped away from football, um, but I knew Jason Lippert through church. And so working for someone with a faith foundation and was important to me. And then, you know, I sat down with him for a three hour interview and just hearing his vision for what he wanted to do for the company, the community, uh, taking care of people. That was something that I could cling on to and made the decision really easy for me when it was all said and done. You've always been a a people person. Is that from that from mom and dad? <laughs> Probably more from mom than anyone. Um, you know, Italian mom, uh, highly extroverted. So uh, she doesn't like being alone. Uh, neither do I. So I would say that she uh, brings out the best of me in that way. You mentioned going to church with Jason Lippert, uh, your CEO. You guys have been at Granger Community Church your entire life. Tell us the backstory there because mom and dad were kind of in on the ground floor. Yeah, so my parents uh, got in with, with Mark Beeson and in the Granger group uh, from the early days when he was running things out of his house. Um, so we've gotten to see the the transformation from the days when it was in the movie theater to 
the first uh, edition of what is on the Granger campus today to what it is now. And so Mark has played a, a huge role in my life. He was a mentor um, to the day that he passed and a guy that we love, our, our youngest, Asa Mark, uh, is named after him. And, you know, he meant the world to me in many different ways, like a second dad and someone that I could always lean on for support and advice. And so, you know, the faith journey has always been extremely important in our family, uh, which carry, has carried on to today with my own family. You know, the foundation was set at a very early age for me. Tell us more about that foundation being set at an early age and, you know, how your faith grew, you know, as you got older. Not having that foundation, it's very easy to get lost. I think it's hard even when you do have it. Um, you know, you hear the story all the time of people go grow up in the church, you kind of hit those college years and fade away and then ultimately come back. Um, fortunately for me, you know, I went to school right here in my home church's backyard, and so I was able to continue to go and bring guys with me to church when we had a weekend off or through the off season. So it laid that foundation of just truly knowing in my heart the difference between right and wrong and being able to have the courage to stand up in tough situations. And, you know, it's no different today. I mean, I have a, a wife who's very strong in her faith, and she pushes me and challenges me um, every day uh, in that journey, which is incredible. And um, we're also, you know, pushing that along with our kids as well. You mentioned your kids. How does your faith uh, impact you differently now that instead of being just a son, you're now a father as well. Yeah, I mean, I want to be able to give them the same opportunities and foundation that I had. And so, like I said earlier, our daughter goes to Trinity Lutheran, so there's a faith foundation there. Our son's at the ELC, which is a faith foundation as well. Everything from, you know, it's a routine for us. We pray with our kids every day, every night before they go to bed, before dinner. They've gotten to the age now where they want to pray instead of us always leading in prayer. You know, it's just been incredible to watch um, and, and, and grow through. I mean, it's you don't know everything as a parent, so you're trying to figure it out as you go. But like I said earlier, I had a great foundation where I'm able to lean on that. And then surrounding ourselves with, with great families on the same journey has been helpful. How did going to Notre Dame, a faith-based institution, help you? Obviously, maybe slightly different faiths between Granger Community and a, and a Catholic college, but how did going there help you in terms of having that faith-based institution? I think it's it's the cool part about it is that it's just always there. It's you don't you don't necessarily have to seek it out. It's it's there and um, it's a part of everything you do. You know, from your theology courses to from the football program. You know, going to mass before games. Um, like you said, there's the different iterations of religion, but at the end of the day, it's all about faith and the journey and, you know, our, the, the guidance of, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so, you know, Notre Dame was always a, a great support system. And like I said, you didn't have to search too far to find faith. Braxton Cave, former Penn and Notre Dame Center, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix on Pulse FM. Where did your faith play its biggest impact, whether it's high school, Notre Dame, or the NFL, in terms of when you're playing football? Like, obviously, there's always adversity in sports. When, when, did, when are some of those stories that, that your faith helped you get out of situations the most? I think the biggest one that stands out to me is in 2016 when I, had to, I came to the crossroads of whether I was going to continue playing or not. I had just finished my contract up in Detroit. 
became a free agent and we were going back and forth with my agent in Houston, Oakland, Denver, and, uh, you know, no one, you know, you know how football contracts go in comparison to baseball or these other sports where you don't, unless you're a, you know, a top five, 10 guy on a team, you're not getting guaranteed money. And so I really just had to sit back and, and pray a lot about, you know, is this, my wife was pregnant at the time with our first child. Is this, is this life of living out of a suitcase what I want for my family? After a lot of prayer and, you know, I always was trying to lean on like my own skill set and I need to try harder. I need to do this. I need to do that. And finally, when I just put my hands up and said, you know, God, what do you want for me? It became pretty clear that it was time to, to turn the page and start the new chapter. It's interesting when we set dreams in our life and goals in our life and how how much new perspective comes into play when, when a wife and kid comes into the picture, isn't it? Yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, I tell people all the time, if I was a single guy, I'd probably still be playing and bouncing around and living out of a suitcase. I could do that all day long, but um, I was ready to you know, put roots in the ground and, and start growing our, our up-and-coming family. What are some of your favorite memories from, from your days at Notre Dame? I mean, it's hard to to bypass the 2012 season. Obviously, it didn't end the way we wanted, but you know, to go 12 and 0 uh, in the regular season and a lot of the ups and downs that we went through in that year, it was pretty special. Especially as a fifth year guy and and having a few others that were fifth years that were on that journey with us, um, you know, a really special year. And you know, the coaching transitions that we went through. So obviously, started two years with Weiss and finished with Kelly and four different O-line coaches in five years. There's a lot of things that I was able to learn and absorb through that of, you know, good ways to do things and ways that not so much and uh, different ways of adapting to different coaches. I think that that benefited me well and has benefited me, you know, as an executive now of dealing with different people. And, you know, not everyone's going to be 100% aligned with you, but you got to find common ground. And I feel like I learned those lessons through my football career. We've talked a lot about family. One of my favorite memories of you is that USC game in 2012 after you guys win and you spot your dad in the stands. You're 34 now, so it's been a bit since that moment. Is that moment still pretty vivid in your mind? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember it like yesterday. Um, and seeing, I see the clip every now and then uh, replayed. And, you know, like I said, family is extremely important to me and and so, you know, my parents gave up a lot to travel to all those games. And, you know, that I, they were always the first ones that I wanted to spot out, you know, whether it was running through the tunnel in the stadium. I always knew exactly where they were sitting and um, or post game, just finding where they were at. And, you know, especially that game, you know, sending us into the national championship. My parents were just as invested as I was, you know, it may be if not more. And so to see the joy on their face on their face of you know, we're here we go. We've accomplished the first set of the mission uh, was was pretty cool experience. What's it like now looking back at those days? And I know you're still tight with a lot of those guys from from those teams. What's it like continuing to have that bond, especially as you guys grow older and no longer in the NFL and and having kids and being married? We have a group text that we started during senior week of graduation with 10 of us and when we started that group text, I think eight out of 10 of us went on to play in the NFL. Now, obviously there were no kids at the time. Now I think there's 16 or 18 kids in the group. And um, 
Kyle Rudolph just retired as a Minnesota Viking, so the whole group is officially done playing ball. Uh, but it's a brotherhood that I, I can't even explain. I mean, we talk in it every single day. So whether it's just about life or when guys are going through stuff, having each other's back, or whether it's us – you know, talking smack back and forth during a, a Notre Dame game that's going on and asking, you know, why did we do this or that? And so uh, it's fun, but it's like I said, it's a brotherhood that I don't think will ever be broken. People hear that and it almost becomes a cliche in football, but how important is that? And why is football different maybe than other sports in terms of bringing a group of guys together? I think it's just the, the physical grind, physical and mental grind that you have to go to together. You know, there's a lot of other sports where it's very, you know, individually based. Whereas in football, if you if you can't pull it together as a team, you're not you're not going to make it happen. And so, you know, especially that group. You know, we went through a lot, as I told you, with the the coaching transitions and you know different ups and downs. It was um, those forms or um, those relationships are formed over time, and I think a lot of times through adversity. And we went through a lot of that. You get the opportunity to go back to Notre Dame now as a as an older guy that has experienced success in life after football. What is your message to Notre Dame students and Notre Dame student athletes when you have those opportunities? You know, I, I think that a big one is just realizing how special Notre Dame is while you're there instead of after. I think a, a lot of us have that conversation of, man, if I could go back, I would have spent more time here, more time doing this, and. You know, my first couple of years, I was so focused on football and school and just basically trying to survive that I missed out on a lot of the networking and relationship building with people outside of sports or outside of the football team. One of my messages is just to network with as many people as you possibly can because you never know where you're going to run into each other, you know, post sports. And the Notre Dame network is incredible. Um, that's a big one for me. And then, you know, that network is only as good as what you make it. Um, so, you know, you can meet as many people as you want, but if you're not staying in touch and being intentional about it, you know, your network only goes so far. And finally, you're a local guy. You obviously love high school football around here. You got to, to make it to the NFL. There was not that many people that you played against in this area that got to make it to the NFL. Um, it, it's, it's a rare thing for a high school kid that finally make it. What's your message to high school kids about how much they should enjoy this experience? I mean, a big one for me, I've, I've seen, I think we've all seen a big change where student athletes are really starting to focus on just one sport. I mean, I wouldn't change my experience for anything of, you know, football, baseball, wrestling. I think it's more important to just be an athlete versus building skills in one specific area. So I would just tell kids, keep it fun. I mean, it's, you only get one shot. Um, to do those things and the message that I've I've had when I've gone in and done some speaking with these high school groups is the bonds you build with your high school buddies because you, you pretty much come up with these guys from grade school all the way up you'll never have a bond like that ever again even if you know Notre Dame or you go on to college wherever it is NFL like that's a, a four-year stint and if it's professionally it probably shorter than that you know, really invest in those times and, and take it serious and have fun with the group of people that you're spending time with. Braxton, thank you very much. Absolutely, anytime. You talk about him being all grown up. You still shake his hand, and it engulfs yes. your hand. 
And by the way, you know, you think of Braxton, at least when we saw him in high school and college, and even with the Lions, big, broad-shouldered, I mean, well over 300 pounds, I think, by the end. He is not over 300 pounds anymore. He is at fighting weight, but he looks like he could still still do some damage. He's still shredded, but he just, he lost a lot of the weight and he's still working out a ton. If you follow him on Instagram, he'll post about it. He's working out constantly. Uh, It's just great to see. uh, It's great to see a local kid done good, right? And and that's what, what Braxton Cave is. And I've always enjoyed interviewing him over the years. And his commitment to his family and to being a good father, that's inspiring. 